Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm Johnny, and we are the Intrepid Wikipedians. Uh, that's the new title this week. Um, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like it. Um, so, uh, oh, yeah, last night after uh, we all went out, um, me and a couple of other friends decided we were going to go to Cosmic, grab a, grab a little grub, but all the dukelets were in town, and uh, and so yeah, there was like half hour wait, and then you have to be around a bunch of Duke students, young Duke students, not the cool older ones who aren't dicks. Um, I don't know, some of those guys are dicks too. Yeah, but there's at least a way for, they can at least branch out into non-dickery. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then so we're like, okay, well this is full, let's go to the Waffle House. So we drive over to the Waffle House. Eight cop cars barricading the entrance. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we heard someone to be like, I think the guy that got shot or shot him went that way. I heard some like random. Oh, person did like get, a dude got shot and was on like on the run or something? I, have, I don't know. Run? So then my immediate curse was, why did Miami subs have to be closed? <laughs> <laughs> so we went to cookout. <laughs> cookout, cookout's always a good choice. Cookout how, was good. How old are they? How I mean, uh, how late are they actually open? Uh, cookout. Yeah, uh, I think they're like four, okay. three. When do they open in the morning? Like, what are they closed for like two hours? <laughs> well, they don't do breakfast food, so they're probably open uh, at eleven. They're like eleven or twelve. Yeah, oh no, yeah, that bacon true. wrap is surprisingly like similar to like something Burger King has, so they could do breakfast. Um, have you had the pimento and pimento cheese and fried green tomato sandwich at Tyler's? I have not. It's like happiness poured into a sandwich-shaped mold. It's like really awesome. I had one nice. of those last night before I drank too much and now am suffering for it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Well, I guess speaking of our uh, our, our swagger juice is stagger juice. Stagger juice. Damn it. Oh. It's, it's 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 swagger juice for like the first two, <laughs> and then it becomes then stagger it becomes juice. stagger juice. Uh, so we're gonna do a little hair of the dog because I think we're both uh, suffering from category one hangover. So we got yeah. some Guinness. Soothing, soothing, or great stomachy soothing Guinness. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to bother to talk about it because you shouldn't know what Guinness I, is. I will say, uh, I will say that Guinness makes a foreign extra, which you can now get in the United States. The extra stout. It's no, 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 not extra stout. It's actually called foreign extra, and it used to be that you couldn't get it in the United States. They didn't distribute it here, and then uh, they started to. Uh, we had it when we were in Ireland, and we actually went to the Guinness. Uh, brewery, and uh, do they add extra bog water to the Guinness? Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> extremely bitter. It's like very very um, intense. Yeah, I mean intense even for Guinness because over there when it's like they don't they don't pasteurize it, it just goes straight to the bars. And they don't cool. They keep it at like sixty seventy. Yeah, degrees, it's right? it's it's cooler than room temperature, but it's not it's not cold. Not it's not like, like the, not like drinking a lager. Yeah, and the. Um, yeah, my oh, stomach, my stomach can tolerate this. Yeah, um, the, that was uh, something I was, I was when I was at the grocery store. I was like, yeah, we need something easy. Let's get, <laughs> let's, yeah, let's get Hoppium IPA or <laughs> I am Hoptoberfest. Um, Hop, <laughs> the dog, the dogfish head three hour IPA. <laughs> I I uh, the third trimester IPA. <laughs> So, uh, if uh, if you haven't heard our podcast before, we read Wikipedia for an hour each and uh, talk about what we read, uh, starting on the same topic, and this week's topic was uh, the speed yeah. of light. Uh, uh, last week's topic was 
uh, uh, mutation? Mutation. mutation the, the, the disambiguation candidate yes. for mutation. Did you have any corrections uh, or whatever from yeah. last week? Um, so we talked about the earthquake. Um, and oh, yeah. that we, we weren't sure about like what the difference was. Um, so the ground on the east coast is very different from the ground on the west coast. So the east coast ground, it's older, it's colder, and more brittle. Um so the area because of because of that brittleness and like everything tends to spread the area is of eastern earthquakes you feel it at 10 times the area that you would a west coast quake of they the travel they travel further yeah um the one on uh 823 my dad's birthday uh was about for a thousand miles and um i didn't realize like this alaska is the quakiest state in the u.s Really? Ten of the eleven largest U.S. quakes have happened in Alaska. I did not know that. I would have, mm-hmm. I would have guessed California, as I'm sure yeah. you would have. Yeah. <clears throat> well, they, just, they just like to claim that, but they're, they're all A bunch talk. of queers. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Pride Weekend, by the way. That's, uh, oh, is it? It's, it's Pride Weekend. Well, it's weird, it's weird that you mentioned that, but it's like half of California is gay as hell and the other half hates gays. Yeah. It'd be like a really awesome sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> or really terrible, depending on which network uh, picked it up. Uh, and the uh, that quake had an unknown fault, which we may ne- we may never be able to map because there was no surface breach surface breaches. Oh, okay. So we don't know where the fault line was. Um, and then we were talking about the Inca, the Maya, and the Aztec. The Inca live in Chile. The Maya live in the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico, and then they go west and then south. And then the Aztec have the that western Mayan border, and they continue um, they continue up into Mexico, not really going more north north than the s- southern point of Baja California. Um, the Mayans were they, we talked. Uh, I remember t- telling that story about how the Spanish um, beat uh, one of them within half an hour. I oh, found yeah. no record of that. Uh, the Mayans had no central government to overthrow, so they had to throw out tribes uh, individually. Um, the Aztecs' capital city was sacked by Cortez, who allied him, allied himself with his enemy, with their enemies. Um, gotcha. Enemy of my enemies, my friend, kind of thing. Yeah, um, and then they basically just set up a bunch of puppet and um, killed the emperors and set up a puppet government. Um, and then the Incas. Uh, Pizarro uh, came over with 168 men, a cannon, 27 horses, and gathered tens of thousands of local love starts that wanted their lands back from the Incas. Um, but the biggest thing that got them was a smallpox uh, killed 60 to 94% of the Incas. Really? Wow, I didn't know that. Um, and shit, I forget which one of them. I think it's, oh yeah, and there are still Mayans around today. So okay, they're, they're so we still li- have Mayans. Yeah, they're lying in wait like the Templars. Do they have, yeah, <laughs> do they have, like, casinos or... Uh, no, I think they just, like... Just hang loose? Yeah, they they really didn't get genocided, like, like... I guess the Spaniards just aren't that good at genociding, or intentfully genociding people. Like, you, you send a Dutch, Amer- uh, Dutch American over there, and we'll, we'll clean up those natives like that. <laughs> yeah, cra- crappy Spaniards. <laughs> they suck at genocide. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that's a designation that they really want to strive for. <laughs> Man, if only we were better at genocide. No, we could still have Latin America. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, when we talked about the Dewey Decimal System, 
uh, for the I went on a rant about the Bible or something. Uh, fiction uh, versus nonfiction. Yeah. Um, religious works are in the two hundreds of the Dewey Decimal System, and philosophical works are in the one hundreds. And I didn't feel about the any. Didn't feel like writing anything else down. That's. I think more than anyone ever will ever need to know about the Dewey Decimal System ever again. Uh, yeah. Probably. <laughs> Since you can just, like, search by title now. Yeah. Now. And, well, even the, even the, the... Well, the last time I went to a library, which I can't remember when that was, I remember they had everything on the on the shelves. Yeah, yeah. So you don't even need to know it. You just need to know how to be able to read. Right. Which I guess you wouldn't really be in a library if you didn't. Or uh, unless you were there to learn. Yeah. But shouldn't you be in school for that? Maybe. <laughs> uh, not with the way everyone's cutting education. <laughs> yeah, that's that's criminal. Yeah. Um, uh, but on to happier topics, the yeah, speed of light. The speed of light. It's Switch. fast, if you didn't know. Yeah, it's fast, and our unit for... Uh, our unit of distance is derived from it. So mm-hmm. the speed of light is like exactly... Um, it's Well, it's it's one of those things where... A meter is defined as the time it takes the speed of light to go, like... Time it takes light to go no, for one meter. <laughs> it's what? like a, a, the, a meter is defined as how long a, this uh, light travels and however long. It, it's like one over, like... Um, it's like a, uh, well, light travels roughly... It's probably like three nanoseconds or something. Yeah, it's it a, was Light like, travels roughly like a foot per nanosecond. It was like one over like 347,000 something. So basically they just um, said, this is how long it takes like, to travel a meter, and then wrote a formula so that the true would always be true. Right, right. <clears throat> Which I think is... I kind of, Like, I see why that works, but I'm like, that seems like they're cheating somehow. Yeah. Well, I mean, so supposedly the... I think I think the way it's defined supposedly if we had better resolution in our measurement of the speed of light the our definition of the meter would have to change with it. Yeah. Which that's that's kind of weird. Well, I think they use the speed of light it's defined within the speed of light within the vacuum. Um right, yeah yeah yeah. Right, so right. Uh, but we can only measure that to a certain a certain degree. That's actually what I spent a lot of my reading time on uh, was looking at how we measured how we've measured the speed of light because uh-huh. there's been like really interesting uh, different paradigms for measuring speed of light and determining whether the speed of light is actually constant and whether it's isotropic, like yeah. whether it matters, like in what direction in space it's moving mm-hmm. through, and whether it has a vector, uh, a vectoral uh, speed or not. Or... Well, it's like the, so the so in the 1800s there was this really interesting. Uh, belief that there was, you know, we we had established that light was a wave, yeah. uh, which it actually, it's actually a particle, it actually, later when we got to quantum electrodynamics, we figured out it was a particle, so that kind of, but it behaves like a wave, yeah. mathematically, so we knew it was a wave, and we know that, like, sound waves and waves in water and stuff need a media, so... Uh, medium. Need a, <laughs> need a medium. So, uh, what... They they ascribed this uh, lumin, luminiferous ether, which okay. was like the the nothingness that light needs yeah. to travel through. And the theory was actually that the luminiferous ether wasn't isotropic; like it was yeah. it was like stronger in one direction than the okay. than another. And the Earth is like passing through as as it moves through space is like passing through this like 
ether field, so light should actually travel faster in one direction than the other based on like where you're you're doing this thing. So they did the Mickelson Morley experiment. It was Mickelson, and then he teamed up with Morley, who was a chemist, to come up with this system for measuring whether the direction that light travels makes a difference. Have you heard of this experiment? I have not. So what they did was they got uh, it was they they developed I guess what was the first interferometer, which is you know you basically mm-hmm. you take light, you split it. Uh, you interfere it with itself, and it's a way of measuring really accurately how fast it's traveling or how far it's traveled or whatever. And you 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 know you can count the interference fringes. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they uh, had a beam of light and they uh, put it through a half silvered mirror. So you had uh, a beam of light traveling uh, ninety degrees to itself, okay. and it travels out to some arms at some distance, you know, ninety degrees from each other, and then. Uh, they recombine the light and and interfere it with itself, and then they mm-hmm. count the fringes. And if the you know it's going ninety, it's going in two different directions. And so if it's traveling faster in one direction than the other, the interference pattern would change, and they'd be okay. able to see that. And of course, it's like you know, light travels really fast, and you have to have these like really accurate instruments, and the mirrors have to be such high quality and all yeah. this stuff. And so in order to uh, free themselves from vibration and heating effects and all mm-hmm. stuff. They did it like in the basement of this, this building on like a stone. It was like on a stone slab or whatever, and it was still not enough. Still like vibrations in the floor and stuff were affecting oh. their measurements. So in order to further distance themselves from vibration and other effects, they did what anyone would do. I'm in space. No, no. They <laughs> uh, this is like 1910. <laughs> oh. So they did they did what anyone else Underwater? would do is no. They floated the whole apparatus. They put it on a giant block of stone and they floated the whole apparatus in a in a, a vat of liquid mercury. Like and, you do. <laughs> yeah, like like you do. And so they so they did this thing and then with the in the mercury they could also rotate the apparatus really easily mm-hmm. so they could like not just do like this directional thing but like they could have it spinning very slowly and you could they could see as it changes direction relative to the ether field or whatever yeah. and then they were real pissed cuz then they found out that the ether field wasn't real it was all <laughs> just made up they it was like they call like people have called it the most failed experiment of all time but it proved that the ether field wasn't real, essentially, yeah. or it, it, it nullified the thing and actually provided confirmation for special relativity, uh, which... Are you de- sure? Yes, <laughs> I'm positive, because I spent some time there, uh, <laughs> which declared the constancy of the speed of light. So, like, they actually, there's, like, all this, like, really important physics that came out of it, but it, it was not what they intended to prove at all, and they've redone, they redid the experiment, like, many times, they're like... Uh, maybe it's not accurate enough, and then <laughs> it turns out that they... Well, I mean... I guess as long as they weren't touting themselves as like as, as the kings of the ether field, then right, yeah. <laughs> so um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That I got to that from uh, from the 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 original Speed of Light article and the special relativity. I read about Voyager, like Star Trek Voyager, uh, or no, like or Voyager, Voyager One. Oh yeah, because yeah. I didn't I didn't know enough about them. Um, it just passed like earlier in the month it's was thirty four years. Oh, so thirty-four years, and it's yeah. it's leaving the solar system now. It's like uh, I think, yeah, it's close. Um, and it, I think it's starting to shut stuff. Shard, starting to shut down. I right think now. over the last ten or fifteen years, and and that like the last of the last systems have another like ten or yeah. fifteen years on them. Um, for for those of you who don't know, Voyager One was a uh, was a pretty awesome looking uh, satellite. Uh, it was a space probe. Space probe, yeah. yeah. 
um, that we launched into space, and we were able, and it, it's going to be our first time making it out of our galaxy, and we were able to do that. Out of be- our galaxy or out of, out of our solar, solar system? system? Solar system, solar um, And we were able to do that because, what's the name of these things? Uh, the gravity assist, all the planets yeah, had yeah. a line, <clears throat> and um, we were basically able to um, Armageddon uh, Voyagers 1 and 2 around all of the other planets so that they got slingshotted. Um, it, it, it was able to continue its orbit, and I think it may have encountered the termination shock wave, which is um where as the as you get further away from our sun, its gravitational effect weakens, and at a certain point past Pluto, you get the shock wave where stronger um like gravitational winds and other gravitational forces run um at different um angles, and it creates a shock wave. Very similar to how when you um, uh, like turn on a uh, turn on a sink and uh, have just a little bit of water, how you get that like calm part, and then you get that rough part like outside of once the water disperses. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I what's that called? Um, termina- uh Yeah, termination shock. Termination shock. I have to yeah. check that out. That's I've never heard of that. Yeah. Um, um, I remember that, and I, I might not have gotten far, far enough in the. And it, and it might have also been Voyager 2, which I kind of looked at but never really read. Uh, there was no, like, in popular culture, because I wanted to jump onto Star Trek Five. Oh, was what? Was I did. You know, it's been so long since I saw Star Trek Five. Yeah, yeah, some alien encountered Voyager, and they called it V'ger. Uh, like, it got smashed up or something, but it was <laughs> like... Like, they worshipped it as a god or something. Was uh, Voyager 1 the one that Carl Sagan uh, had a hand in in designing? I'm not sure. I think they were both. Um, I think they were both uh, similar. Um, they were both similar, like the same design. Which one had the gold record? I, th- I know Voyager One has the gold record. Okay, that I don't was know. The, if they, Carl I think Sagan they one. both might. Oh, they both might. Yeah, but Carl Sagan was involved in that. And have, uh, did you did you come across Pale Blue Dot? Pale Blue Dot is really interesting. Voyager, um, as it was leaving, so so it was supposed to go. You know, it was visiting. Did it, did it visit all of the planets from here out? Or? Um, I think Voyager 2 hit all of them. I think Voyager 1 missed one or two. Yeah, Voyager 1 was the first one to hit, I think, um, Mars, Saturn. We can, uh, there's um, a JPEG of the Voyager path. Oh, yeah. And on the, uh, on the Wikipedias. And um, you didn't just kill the recording, did you? I did not. Okay. I had a second copy. All right. Um... Yeah, what I think Voyager two hit all of them. Uh, Voyager one hit. Um, I think it was the first one to do Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, but it was it's going to be the first one to lo- to leave the solar leave system. the solar system. Um, so Carl Sagan, when he he was involved with the Voyager project and oh, and the golden disc is they put a, a golden audio video disc of uh, just a bunch of like Earth stuff. Yeah, it like, was like the sounds of Earth, and then they had engraved in the disc. It was like uh, diagrams of of man and man and woman. And, and there was and like all the all this other all just all this like random Earth info in case yeah aliens exactly. come across it. My my I, I guess there's nothing we can do about this, but what if the aliens don't have a CD ROM? <laughs> Well, the, or the, actually, no. Wait, that was that was done in the seventies. What if they don't have a laser disc? 
<laughs> no, dude, it wasn't even it wasn't even Laserdisc. The 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 audio is it's actually a record. It's actually an LP. That's even worse. <laughs> no, dude, no, that's a great one because you can actually you can actually if you look at a record under a microscope, you could re- you could re- you can look if you looked at a Laserdisc under a microscope, you'd be like, shit, man, what the hell? It'd yeah. be like a real pain in the ass. But if you look at a record under a microscope, you can kind of go. Okay, this is a wave of some kind. I wonder because I mean, there's really nothing to a record. It's just a you just run a needle along these yeah. sound waves that are engraved in the record. But um, what Carl Sagan wanted to do was, as the um, as the probe was passing, uh, I think it was Saturn. Mm-hmm. Carl wanted to turn the camera, to- turn the camera, the actual uh, optical camera, yeah. towards Earth and take a photo of Earth. As the thing was basically leaving the solar system, or as it was passing uh, Neptune or something, okay. and he really wanted to do it, but there was there were risks associated with it. Yeah, there was like you, you could potentially burn out the sensor if you pointed it at the sun by mistake, and there was like all these different yeah. things. But he really wanted to capture how small the Earth was, and like in comparison to everything. Yeah. and so he they actually did it, and they took they took nice. the picture, and it was all. Uh, I'm going to pull it up here, but but check it out. Because what they did was... Um, we can link it. Yeah, we'll link it. We have powers. We have powers. Um, but it was this... Uh, it's basically this... It's this massive field of stars, and there's like one blue pixel, and that's us. Nice. And it's like he wanted to show like the smallness of our planet in the, in the grand scheme yeah, of things. Yeah, the... the... Uh, pros are like it's ridiculous. Like they have a ton of cameras, like a bunch of just like measurement systems, and um, I mean, especially for the nineteen seventies to because it, it's sending us information back as it can, uh, right? A, as it gets it, it has a theoretical bandwidth of a hundred and fifteen, a hundred fifteen point two small b is kilobyte, right? Uh, kilobit, kilobit Big per second, kilobits, yeah. I mean that's 1970s technology. They were getting 115k. Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad. Um, the the uh, I think the Voyager's powered by like an uh, is some solar and then it's some uh, like atomic battery. They have these. Yeah, they, they have. They these... had a bunch of. They had a, a ton of batteries, solar panels, and they may have and just a bunch and everything was re- backed up like two or three yeah, times. Yeah, there's redundancy for everything. The the uh, the nuclear batteries for those things are fun because they're basically. I think they're basically just heat driven. So you just get some really nasty nuclear stuff and put it in the satellite that's that's like irradiating and giving off heat, and then you—that's how you—that's how you power them, I guess. God, I hope the aliens don't think it's like a weapon. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. They're gonna find it. And... It's like holy shit! There's some nuclear thing coming towards us. Blow it up! Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, was this? Pale oh, that's blue that's dot? pale blue dot. That's us. That that one pixel. That's there. oh yeah. Yeah, Shit. Carl Carl Sagan wanted to show how small we were. And Someone like, needs to teach Carl Sagan about framing. <laughs> Didn't follow the rule of threes. No, no, he, he most certainly did not. And look at that! Look, look how much headroom there is on the planet. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, go to the uh, Voyager uh, uh, path. Dot JPG. Oh, yeah. Wow, they were launched uh, very yeah. close to one another. Well, because that's when the uh, like it was just this weird thing, like all the planets literally aligned. And Voyager uh, two was actually launched like two weeks before Voyager one. Really? Yeah, uh, Voyager one was September fifth, and uh, Voyager two was August twentieth. Oh yeah, how about that? That's fun. Yeah, but if you go to the path, and it shows like it looks like Voyager one is going to go further faster. 
how did I get there? Oh, I got there from Gravity Assist. Yeah, and then from Gravity Assist, I caught I uh, I read about frame dragging. Frame dragging? Yes, which does not have to do with computers. Okay. It has to do with like around the event horizon of a black hole, um, the like reality kind of gets like. It starts wobbling a different way. Like, instead of, like, ro- like <laughs> atoms rotating like this, uh, they, like, kind of bend over and, like... Oh, weird. Get this, yeah, it's this really weird thing that happens at um, at super ma- super uh, dense... Um, super dense black holes? Yeah, super... Uh, and just super, super any, massive black holes? Any, yeah, anywhere where the gravitational field is, like, extremely dense. Um... And then where'd I go? Read about Voyager. Uh, space uh, black holes. <clears throat> oh, I yeah. read about black holes also. Oh no, what'd you read? Uh, black holes are crazy, man. Um, yeah. So we're pretty much we're pretty much confirmed on black holes. Black holes, we're we're uh, we're pretty positive exist. There's Is stuff there still out. There's uh, no. I think I think we're I think we're. I mean, you can't observe them because they're black holes. Racist. Um, <laughs> you can't observe them, but you can observe, you know, the effects, effect. their effect that they have. Like and gravitational they actually, waves. <laughs> and it's funny, they actually have a couple of, uh, so there are a couple of properties that are observable from outside of a black mm-hmm. hole. And I think it's angular momentum, mass, and charge. Those mm-hmm. are the only significant properties of black holes because... Because nothing, no light, and therefore like no events can escape. That was, which I guess, why they call it the event horizon. Yeah, that's the oh, like two black holes that have the same mass and same charge and the same angular velocity are essentially equivalent. It doesn't matter what's inside them because yeah. causality stops at their event horizon. Well, and they're actually. I read. I remember reading. Uh, I forget when I was reading this about black holes. I read something that. Um, there are, be, I guess they attribute it to Heisenberg's uncertainty principle um, that sometimes particles can actually move faster than the speed of light, and so they can escape the event horizon. There's, I read about the photon sphere, which is around, which is, I think, larger than the, it's a larger in diameter, it's a mm-hmm. sphere around a black hole is larger in diameter, where it's kind of like this gray area where um, a photon... Uh, will basically end up in, can end up in orbit around a black hole. Yeah, and they they orbit, and then at that point, events can either they're they're I guess they're either technically just inside of or just outside of the event horizon. Yeah, and they can either get not they're in a, like a sort of metastable state where they can actually get knocked in or knocked out. Yeah. There's so much weird shit that surrounds the whole black hole. And do we have any? Have we ever observed any white holes? I don't think they've been observed. Um, it, you know, if you if you look at the article on black holes, it, it describes mm-hmm. all these properties of black holes and the Hawking radiation and all that stuff. If you look at white holes, it's like hypothetical. It's like they're a mathematical thing, yeah. But haven't actually been observed. But they're the they're the they're the exact opposite of a black. So a black hole is causality only goes one direction. Like things go into the event horizon, but cannot come out because of you know the gravitational realities of that. And then the white hole is the other way around, where Things can be ejected from that, but nothing, can, nothing, yeah. Yeah, nothing can go in. Which I don't understand. That's apparently a mathematical side effect of of some some relativity framework. But I don't yeah. understand how that would work. I don't know. I don't get that. I mean, like, well, I get I, that you could you could collapse and be so massive that you would nothing yeah. could escape. I could get I get that, but I don't I don't understand how the other way around would. 
I, I mean, it might just be um, like the whole wor- wormhole thing. Yeah, the wormhole thing is weird. I didn't end up going and reading about that, but that's um, also like a hypothetical thing. Yeah. Right? Like if space is bent, then uh, I read a little bit about relativity and uh, the the Do math. Are we or is like science kind of confirmed on what what's inside a black hole? Or? I think I think the 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 interesting thing about the black hole is it doesn't matter. Um, it it's you know what goes in because you can you can see things cross the event horizon. Yeah. You can see things like falling into it. But once it's fallen into there, it absolutely does not matter because it's is one way. Like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't make sense to talk about what's inside a black hole because nothing inside a black hole by definition can have any causal effect on anything outside of it, which is kind of crazy as hell. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I want science to do I forget if I mentioned this uh, on the last one. I want to smash two singularities together in the LHC. I know I told oh, right. you that. Well, yeah. actually, because some you can be damn sure some crazy shit would happen if you. Smash two infinitely, uh, infinitely dense particles at like extreme high speeds. I um, we'll find Higgs boson or boson Higgs or whatever. Higgs, yeah, yeah, Higgs Higgs uh, bo- boson boson. I have no. I don't know. Um, I, th- I say boson because it's kind of like a, almost like, like Boston, like a like a uh, like a boss, <laughs> like a boss. <laughs> um, the the, I'm the, like the, a the Higgs, the Higgs, the Higgs <laughs> like a boson. <laughs> Um, uh, <clears throat> Starring Andy oh, Samberg. <laughs> I got, a, I got, a, I got a good, I got a joke. I got a joke. Um, okay. Are, are you ready? Yes. Uh, and the bartender said, "We don't serve tachyons here." Two tachyons walk into a bar. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, if you were smarter, you'd be laughing too. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I saw that one. I saw that that's, one online somewhere a while that's ago. That's great. Um, the um. Yeah, the the black hole, white hole thing was interesting. I read a little bit about that. Um, I, oh, I read about our uh, galactic center, mm-hmm. and uh, I, from the black hole thing. So, so the there's at the center of our galaxy. I guess we're pretty sure there's a black hole there. Yeah, uh, uh, and it's a it would be a. Super, we're talking about the Milky Way. The Milky or Way. Like, okay, the not Milky Way the galaxy. center of like. But we think there's a big one at the center of like everything, right? Or is that the Milky Way? I think that's just the Milky Way. Okay. So, um, and we think so. There's a, there's a black hole at the, at the the Wikipedia said there's a black hole at the middle of many galaxies and perhaps every galaxy. Like I don't hmm. know if we've we we haven't been able to confirm one way or the other. But I wonder about how. Um, it seems like we have a lot of. I mean, we're kind of out on the edge of our galaxy. We're like kind of yeah. way out in the in the one of the arms, mm-hmm. and so we've got good telescopic images of like the center and stuff. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of space pictures seem to be taken from vantage points that we don't have. Like, like it just seems like like the the pictures of our galaxy are like with these really awesome like high fidelity pictures that seem to be looking in on our galaxy. We're like, is that? We don't have cameras out there. Like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, they're just photoshopping. They just photoshop. Like, I mean, once they know what it should look like, they just they just, you just find take, some, take a just, picture of another galaxy. Yeah, that just looks find similar. some kid with a Mac and be like, here, make something that looks spacey. It's. I mean, I guess you could take a picture of any galaxy and say, this is this is what a galaxy looks like, and you could take the picture of the part of our galaxy that we can see and say, okay, this is what. Well, some of them are, are fairly distinct. Like you can't, you're not going to be able to tell me that the horse had nebula, nebula is like. You're so, right. <laughs> it's like that's Earth. 
Nah. No. no I'm, so. I'm fairly certain Earth is not a chess piece. <laughs> <laughs> Nor a boss in Zelda 2. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, I got the joke. Er, a thing Stephen Wright uh, said is um, black holes are where God divided by zero. Right. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard that one. And then, so what does that make the white hole? That's divide by... Shut it. <laughs> That's what it makes it. Shut your whore mouth. Um, oh, I, I managed to find there's a whole article on uh, third-party evidence for the Apollo moon landings. Oh, and... Are you talking oh, about the... Uh, are you talking about, like, it being faked, or...? Yeah, right. So, <sighs> so, so there's, so there's first-party evidence, which, which is, is NASA. Which is NASA and the United States government. Then there's second-party evidence... Is this going to be Russia? Which is, no... That's uh, the nuts, the, the the conspiracy theorists. That's what they call second party. Oh, and so those are the those are the two parties. <laughs> wait, wait. So there's, so there's another side other than the official story and the people who contradict the official story. Right, and then the third party evidence is like, the you know companies and agencies or whatever that are in a position to observe things on the moon, but are supposedly not affiliated with NASA or the United States government. Oh, okay. So, like, the companies that have private satellites yeah. orbiting the moon or whatever, which all are... I think anyone who has anything orbiting the moon is affiliated with the United States government in one way or another. Well, not anymore. Uh, right, yeah, or, <laughs> or the we, Russian government. we have government. no way to go into space. <laughs> no, we can still go into space. Oh. We just can't... Uh, we just can't go to the space station on our on our own. But then like, we, oh, we we do oh, yeah. the shuttle on our own. The, on shu- our own. Yeah. the shuttle we dismantle, but we can still launch probes and we can do can't satellites. Can't we just get like, a really long rope and get people who have the space great... elevator? The, um... <laughs> oh no no no! I'm not willing to put that much money in. I just want like a thirty thousand mile rope, and you just gotta. It gets easier towards the end when you don't have gravity anymore. I, I didn't read this today, but I have read about it before. Mm-hmm. The space. The space elevator, because people have actually proposed um, a an elevator. There have been all kinds of crazy big science projects that's, that people have like. That's stupid. Uh, an it would have to be so wide at its base to be able. Well, to... Well, that's the thing is is you you'd have to make it really wide at the base, or you'd have to make it out of like uh, with unobtainium rope. And well, uh, what you what you do is you have something that's in orbit. Yeah. In a in a geosynchronous orbit and uh, a rope coming down from it yeah. essentially to Earth. Um, and and then you would you would skirt the issue of having to have it be super wide at the base because it's supported at both ends technically, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so. Uh, I and for those of you listening at home, I gave Ryan a what the fuck look, <laughs> and I and I and I gave him a shrug. I just I just read that on Wikipedia. Um, I don't, I'm not I'm not I'm proposing the construction of a space elevator. Yeah, speaking of well, uh, space, have you heard about all the problem with space garbage? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you know it's only a recent problem? No. Because I mean, well, since we started putting garbage in space, no. at least. Because it was manageable when it was just a bunch of satellites. But then, I forget one of the problems. Yeah, it's like cigarette butts. And... <laughs> Maybe. Well, one of the... Only I, you there can was like space two, fires. Two pro- <laughs> space Smokey the Bear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... So, I forget what one of the causes of all the massive new amounts of space junk is. The other pro- cause is China decided to um, test out some, like, anti-missile defense system, sat- some an- anti-missile s- satellite thing, and just started blowing at- blowing satellites up left and right. So instead of a bunch of, like, big, huge, manageable things, we now have, uh, like, thousands of small, like, untrackable things. Yeah, so... So thanks, China. <laughs> 
Yeah, but, um, I mean, and you know what? All the satellites are probably made completely out of lead. <laughs> uh, so there is actually a name, and I have seen this before, uh, the Kessler Syndrome. I don't know why they call it a syndrome. So I have to take this opportunity to recommend the anime uh, Planets. Mm-hmm. Uh, With a Z? It's, it's, it's P-L-A-N-E-T-E-S. Ah. It's the Greek word for planets which the greek for planets in greek means like wanderer which is where our word for planets comes from but this anime is named planets because is that water is that a different than the screen no that was water um you uh but planets is uh follows it's it's takes place uh hey cat it takes place like 70 years in the future 70 to I forget 70 to 100 years in the future in space. and in it's it's yeah. partially in space it's a it's a hard sci-fi anime mm-hmm. and it's meant to be really realistic and what they do is uh so sometime in the early 20th century we figure out fusion and uh space the space race ramps back up because uh the moon is full of helium 3 which is you know really useful for fusion or whatever and so we uh we we ramp the space race back up. We develop. Uh, we have, we have a lot of orbital like operating uh, uh, stations. We have mm-hmm. s- orbital stations around the moon. We have a colony on the moon. It's not a very. It's like one hundred fifty thousand people or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the anime follows the activities of uh, the debris section of one of these big companies. And the debris section is every company that operates in space has a debris section. Mm-hmm. And the debris section is the a group that tracks and retrieves space trash. Like, basically, when yeah. space trash is on a collision course or whatever, and they have, like, this computer system that tracks, yeah. like, every bolt and everything that's, oh, like, nice. out in space, and they, like, fly out, and they do apparently, like, talk to NASA and the Japanese Space Agency, and they made it, like, as realistic as possible. And I think the... Get me, get down. Go on. We're podcasting. Um, the... Um, uh, he, Ganymede, heard in space and wants to wants to participate. He's uh, in space. He's in space. Um, the but they, yeah. So the, I think they said it was sort of unrealistic to yeah. expect that people would actually go out to intercept yeah. space trash. But other than that, like all this stuff, and the Kessler syndrome is this thing where uh, it's called uh, it's collisional cascading. Mm-hmm. So you have all these like tiny things that you know China put up, you know, blew up some satellites. Yeah. There's all these little bolts, and what happens is they uh, the collision. Like, one collision creates more debris and increases the likelihood. If you've got, like, two large objects mm-hmm. in space, the likelihood that they're going to collide is very small. Yeah. But if you have a bunch of small objects, the likelihood that any two are going to collide is, is, is much larger. Yeah. And so what happens is you get is one collision. Is it an collision. exponential increase? It's an, it's, an, it's an exponential thing. It's like one co- one cascade, one collision creates another, creates another, creates another. Yeah. And it's, like, this big thing. And they, they mention it in the anime. Yeah. So it's the Kessler syndrome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing, and this is something I've been pushing for, is either a uh, Dyson ring or a Dyson spear. So when you say you've been pushing for this, uh, just it, talking you to people. Write, do you write to your congressman? No, or? I just kind of talk to people. I try, I'm trying to create a groundswell. <laughs> a That's ground how you get shit done. It's grassroots, grassroots <laughs> Dyson sphere. Grassroots, <laughs> grassroots science. <laughs> grassroots, <laughs> like um, the dude, like the the microscope dude. But um, what it is is um, it, Dyson is a uh, science fiction author, and in one of his uh, books, he wrote about uh, there was a planet that was. Um, it um like it was surrounded by a sphere of solar panels that extended right. out like thousands of miles beyond the uh beyond the atmosphere of the earth 
And uh, what these would do is like the it would collect the massive amount of energy that was uh, lost by the sun uh, that the sun puts out that we're unable to collect. Right. And it was just an extremely cheap, effective source of free power. Interesting. Yeah. How do they get the power back down to Earth? Uh, science. <laughs> is this is this created by Miles Dyson, the guy uh, who invented the Terminator? I do not know. Uh, Dyson's been... probably not. Not to be confused with a Dyson ball. Uh, Freeman Dyson. Freeman Dyson. No, that was Miles Dyson. Yeah. Was oh Dyson. Oh Dyson ball. The freaking vacuum. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the um, the uh, but there is like the spear which completely surrounds a planet. But there are also just Dyson rings which would just be free floating sat or orbital satellites around the planet to just you. collect our energy. Neato. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm trying to get one of those because you gotta get, gotta get one of those. Yeah, I mean, you know, because why not? For sun's just giving us all this light, and we're not doing know, shit right? with it. Um, don't we? Um, don't we actually need like some of that? Li- like that light should. Well, it, like uh, from my from my understanding, I haven't read the the article in years. Um, it like it collects some. It, it pushes light forward or creates light. So it's like you only so need. So it's a solar cell on one side and then lamp. On the other side, in essence, but the idea is like you have, it's so big that you're collect that you can the ones that kind of line up. It figures out like how much light should be passing through and where, and it like transmits that. But then you have this other huge structure which is just gathering up all your free energy. I got you. Um, the the moon evidence thing was really interesting. There's a lot of uh, people. People think some people think the moon landing was fake. Yeah, uh, Penn and Teller on their uh, bullshit show. Have you ever seen Penn and Teller? I've, I've seen like one or two of them. The, they have a thing on conspiracy theories, and they talk about the JFK assassination right. uh, and the moon landing, and like one of the, I don't know, like I've seen the people's evidence, and none of the like just seeing the people and seeing the environment in which they live, like. One dude pulls out like a three, like uh, a stack of papers that are like bound with twine, like whole yeah. bunch, and like each one is tied up. He's like, "Here's my, here's my proof. It's my my manifesto." <laughs> yeah, um, um, I guess I guess uh, I saw a thing where I saw a comic the other day, and it was it was, it was a guy, hey, the guy's like, "Hey, you want to read my manifesto?" He's like, "No, man, that's just an essay. It's not a manifesto until you kill people and leave it behind." <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, there's. I've been exposed to a lot of the conspiracy stuff uh, lately, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I can, I, I can assume. And uh, it's it's pretty interesting. I I like the I like the idea. Have they started to talk about how chemistry is bullshit and alchemy is where it's at? No. Because if you've ever seen Full Metal Alchemist, then you know alchemy is the is the way. That's we that's be. where it's it's oh, the way of the future. Oh yeah, totally. It's so simple. It's like you give you just, give, uh, give something, take something. Well, and you just gotta draw an awesome little tribal design. Or if you've like seen the truth, then you just boom, boom. That was a, a clap, smack the hands on the ground, and then uh, shit happens. Yeah. Usually crazy shit. Usually, like I saw one episode where um, one of the alchemists was fighting like this um, artificially created evil person, and the thing went to attack him. And he just like created this dragon out of the dirt, and he was like a Chinese dragon, and he was just riding on on its head, like dodging the attacks, and, and your typical anime bullshit. Uh, awesome though. Yeah. Um, so the, um, the the 
I like the I like the idea with the conspiracy guys of you really should be able to independently validate stuff. Like the moon one, I think is very attractive because it's really hard for you and me to confirm that uh, we landed on the moon. Oh, but that was another thing. Uh, I read about the um, the retro reflectors they put on the moon. The what? So the retro reflectors. So so uh, both American and Soviet manned and unmanned missions. The moon. I don't know that the Soviets haven't done a manned mission. I have no clue. Uh, I don't. Well, they're I, dead, I'm not, so they I'm haven't not, done shit. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if they did a man one or not. But we did. You know, we did Apollo. Yeah. Um, Eleven. Was it Apollo eleven through seventeen? Was our manned missions? I have no clue. Um, but they, uh, th- they left these retro reflectors on the moon, and we read about these in school and everything. They're these things are you know maybe a meter on a side, and it's just a really nice. Uh, uh, unidirectional reflector so light okay. comes in at any angle and is reflected in like in one specific direction okay and we use it for laser range finding so like we use it hmm. to measure the distance from the earth to the moon and right. you can reflect lasers off of it and stuff there's a really awesome picture if you go look at the uh laser range find moon project uh on wikipedia which we'll post a link to there's a um there's a picture of one of these observatories. Do you have a pen? Because if we don't write down all these pictures, we're supposed to put links. Oh, we to... can we can listen to ourselves. Oh yeah, I'll make, I'll make notes when I'm doing my errors and omissions. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make the, I'm gonna edit these graphs so that they have their the links are clickable too. Oh neat. Um, and we could we could even specify which ones we want to highlight. Yeah. Anyway, the, there's a great picture of uh, one of these laser observatory things. Uh, firing this laser at the moon. It's like, I guess it's a green laser. I think they've either, they either used, this thing was a green laser, but they've used uh, red, like ruby nice. uh, Q-switch lasers. But it's this really badass looking thing where they're freaking shooting the moon with a laser. <laughs> it's, it's like, neato. Um, what else was I going to talk about? Um, did you have much more science stuff? No, I've, I've got, I'm, I'm out of science stuff. Okay, because I'm about to... Things are about to get weird. Oh no! So I'll start off. <laughs> I'll start off more uh, briefly, and you know our love of Wikipedia lists. Oh, oh, nice! Do you have a list for us? The list of websites founded before 1995. Wow, cool! How'd you get to that from? It's the a speed secret. of what? It's a secret. Okay. Um, so first of all, um, IMDb 1993. Wow, cool! Yeah, MTV. Um, 1994, you had, uh, Darwin Awards. Um, I didn't realize they were that old. Do you know about the Darwin Awards? I know about the Darwin Awards. I knew that the Darwin, I I sort of assumed that the Darwin Awards were old, but I didn't know that they had a website. Um, they used to do a, or they still do a book, right? It's like they publish it as like a a brick and mortar book. I assumed that that book was like predated the internet. Oh, shit. I meant, that's what I meant to do. Um, Hotwired. Uh, Wired Magazine's webpage. Oh, yeah. Which man. is, and this is why we, we gotta like do something against Wired, DDoS them. The first banner ads AT&T and Zima. Interesting. I meant to ring some Zima in honor of that. Yeah. Um, Dude, they, Lycos. Yes, they, do, wait, do they still make Zima? I think so. Can you get you? Zah! <laughs> oh, man. Um, Lycos, Lycos, Pizza Hut. Um, Have you been to Lycos lately? No. It's so sad. It's real sad. The man. Simpsons archive, really, a fan site in 1994. Uh, Yahoo, um, originally Jerry's Guide to the World Wide Web. Wow, yeah, man. Um, and which brings, and then the final one, which <laughs> brings me to where it's going to get weird. Sex.com. Sex.com. Well, yeah, you founded mean... by Gary Kremen, the guy who also founded Match.com. 
Wow! Oh, that's awesome. Uh, stole what was, it. What was sex.com? Was it a was it a porn site? Or I was believe. It, yeah. Was it like a like a like a hookup site? Like a I, I site. think it was a porn site. Stolen by Stephen Cohen had twenty five million hits per day. Ad heavy. Sold in January of two thousand six for fourteen million dollars. And there's like this huge litigation as to who actually owns it. That's, that's so funny. That brings me to my next topic of, what do you know about internet porn? What do I know about <laughs> internet porn? What do you porn? know about internet porn? I'm legit about to start tr- talking some straight up internet porn. Okay, great. Um, so right now, I guess, and it, well, for those of you who don't know, like we're currently in like, I guess the second generation of web, web two, web two point right? Um, I get which deals with a lot of the with the advent of like YouTube and uh, like the um, consumerization of digital cameras and uh, and uh, video recorders. A lot, most of the web now is most. There's a lot of uh, user created creative content, right? Um, versus just like everything back in the day being um, like just kind of simple text based web pages. Um, so we are currently in porn 2.0. We're in porn 2.0. 2.0. Um, is, this, por- is this a Wikipedia article? Yes. Oh. <laughs> why do you think? <laughs> I, I, why, wow. why do you think I kept that hidden from you? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so porn 1.0. You had your thumbnail gallery post. You had link lists, uh, Usenet, and peer-to-peer stuff. Um, women. Are responsible for one quarter to one third of visitors to popular sites, but only make up two percent of pay sites. Interesting. And um, according to um, according to Wikipedia, credit cards with female names are constantly flagged um, just because there's been a lot of potential fraud where like too many angry oh, housewives funny. or right. too many mothers being like, "Why did you charge my son ninety five dollars?" Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's been, there's um, a lot of different ways that porn is taken in on the internet. Uh, videos, uh, text files, pictures. Audio porn has seen a limited distribution. Um, and my my theory is because audio files are only going to listen to Flack, and that's probably only done as MP3. <laughs> uh, um, in October 20... October of 2008, there was a study done that 25% of people have used, uh, have looked at porn at work. Wow. Yeah. I guess they either are stupid, ballsy, or their company doesn't uh, track that kind of thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, porn. Is that, like, is that like deliberate I think Deliberate so. Deliberate usage is yeah. not like accidental. Because uh, like... what I wrote is uses porn at work. Right. Because I mean like I've like run aground of that kind of stuff. Like you do a Google image search and it's like a, it's like a dubious, you know, like Google image searches are notoriously yeah. whatever. Well, you can, th- you have, um. There's the safe search. Yeah, which I, I, turn, mean, I turn off on my, I assumed it was on, on my work computer. I turned it off on my normal computer. Mine, Mine's on moderate or whatever the default yeah. is, but it's still, even still, yeah. you can search You can search for terms and it'll it'll come up um, and stuff. But actually, uh, at work on uh, Friday, I got bored and so uh, it was going to be busy, but how I would keep myself uh, entertained is I was going to look at um, 
my one of my favorite memes, the demotivational posters. Right, yeah. And when I would click on the bigger one, you know how Google does, it pulls up the web page, but then kind of like a little it upper like layer. It, it out. And yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Some of the base web page, it let me see the images, but the web pages were blocked by state employees for like, it oh, said for right. like adult content. And I was like, huh, I might get an email from the internet people. <laughs> or they'll probably just follow along what I've been looking at. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so, uh, like I was saying, with Web point, Web 2.0, uh, with the user-created media um, and social media, um, Porn 2.0 uses a lot of that, and the, the proliferation of all the uh, porn tube sites right. are coming up. And then there's the future. The future. What, what's in Horn store for us? Horn 3.0. What's, what's in store for us? Uh, I, I think the... Oh, I'll get to that later. Uh, right now, the, it's still in development, but it's like multi-angular DVD, uh, DVDs using neural impulse actuators. What? Well, you, did, did you hear about the Star Wars like force training game? Like you put on oh, a little, yeah, I've yeah. Seen that, it's yeah. it's gonna use those, like those things. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this like force training thing. You put on some, I guess they're electrodes, or it's a, yeah, it's an EEG, basically. an EEG, and you put it on your forehead, and then you concentrate on a ball, and then when you're um, when you're like activating the right part, the right parts of your brain, it uses not just um, brain waves, but also like the the muscle muscle tension in your scalp and uh, other things. If you're if you do it right, then there's a little ball on the vacuum, and it'll or like on a little blower, and it'll raise the ball up. And you just have to concentrate. The longer you concentrate, the greater the ball um, goes right. up. And so this, I assume, you're gonna wear those, throwing your like, I don't know, I guess your, your data blue, cube, your Blu-ray, your data cube of porn. You you'll just put that in, and then you'll just I don't know. It'll detect like which angle you want to see the fucking at. <laughs> I like how that's is that a is that a real Wikipedia? that was on Wikipedia? Yes. They predict they predict this thing for porn that what like is a exist 3D regular stuff? 3D stereoscopy? Stere oh, like uh 3D glasses. Okay. Yeah, 3D porn. Um one of the downsides is it of porn 2 3.0 is it's potentially harmful which definitely harmful to the or no wait, maybe that was just regular porn uh <laughs> potentially harmful to the economics of traditional porn outlets which so it could be any porn your your internet porn right your uh <laughs> yeah so I, I think the internet in general is probably de detrimental to the traditional porn yeah. out, the outlet the economics yeah. of the traditional porn um, so my theory Augmented reality porn is just going to be is going to be the end result. Maybe that'll be like porn five or six point oh. Five or six is when you uplink with the meta mind, oh, like man. the hive <laughs> brain, hive <I> mind orgies. <laughs> well, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, I, I I like how it predicts a thing for porn that doesn't exist yet. Well, for it's regular... in development. It's in development, so they're working on it. <laughs> I mean, I guess that would be. I mean, I guess that's where the money is, right? That's where the where the technology would be deployed f first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't. I. I mean, I guess. Yeah. That's well, I mean, for those of you who don't know, the reason why um, porn has been. I mean, with technology, porn has been an extremely powerful thing. Um, credit card. Uh, credit card payments online were first developed by porn sites, and like a lot of the really? secure. A lot of the secure uh, credit card transaction stuff, uh, the pornography industry, 
uh, was the were really at the front runner of that because they wanted huh. to, they need, they wanted to get their monies and yeah I mean I guess that makes sense yeah I mean I, I don't know if you remember but like finding free porn back in like the mid nineties was tough as yes. shit yeah it, it it definitely was um and then um porn the reason why DVDs are so successful is because of the porn industry they say that VHSs died when the porn industry no longer supported them then right right uh, just like how Walmart uh, kill the HD when Walmart said we're no longer going to carry HD DVDs. HD DVD, HD right. DVD D went away. It's a first world problem. It is. Oh no, <laughs> HD DVD. <laughs> I can't. So the 360 plays the HD DVDs, doesn't it? No, no, does it? I think it might. No, some somebody was going to. I thought I really thought I remember like oh, somebody oh, was. There's Blu-ray. no way. There's no way a modern. A modern 360 plays HD. HD why would you take it it's out a, though? It's a dead format. Why, why would you would bother? You... Why would you bother maintaining the firmware to play it? I mean, they, they haven't made an HD DVD in like three years. There's no firmware to update. You just don't pay someone to delete it. I mean, it's still getting compiled in there. I just, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that a modern. Okay. <laughs> I I need to, to the cloud. To the to the cloud. Does the Xbox like? I don't even know where I would get an HD DVD. Uh, eBay. Because uh, if it does, I'm going to buy like a million DVDs for a dollar. It's a, it's a <laughs> suggested it's a suggested search term. Uh-oh. Um, here we go. The Xbox 360 HD DVD player is a discontinued uh, okay. accessory for the Xbox 360 console that enabled... The playback of movies in, on HD DVD discs. Ah. Microsoft offered the drive for sale between November 2006 and February 2008. Bill Gates announced during his keynote speech at CES 2006 that the external HD DVD drive would be released for the Xbox 360 during 2006. Why didn't they just make it internal? Well, I mean, good call on their part. But yeah. <laughs> at E3 2006, Microsoft officially presented the external HD DVD drive. Peter Moore had stated that if HD DVD loses the format war, Microsoft may also release an external Blu-ray drive. This was later denied by Microsoft, according to Japan's chief of Xbox operations, Yoshiro Maruyama. Wait, they denied it even though they said we may release it? Peter Moore had stated if they lose the format war, they may release an external Blu-ray drive. Though This was later denied by Microsoft, according... Uh, yeah. So. I mean, why deny? Why not just say, yeah, we decide against it? Yeah. We already got you for 50 bucks a month. We, we're not going to try and squeeze another 60 bucks out of you. Does it say how much it costs? Oh, up there. Uh, oh, oh, 316. Oh, no. 316,000 units sold. sold in the U.S. as of December 31st, 2007. Yeah, and like 10 more after that or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so... I don't know if I have. I don't know if I have anything else. Uh, uh, is this your? Yeah, or mine. This one's mine. Uh, Mine's landscape. Yours is portrait. Yeah, that's some awesome. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Um, um, this is Ryan. This is Johnny. Be seeing you. Signing off.